Welcome to Grow Up, insights on how businesses can use technology to grow better. Please welcome your hosts, Jason Parkinson and Mark Hammer. It's the Grow Up Podcast, and uh, we are live at Inbound 2018 in Boston. Right here in Boston. Can you believe it? I know, the first ever live episode. We're pulling it off, Mark. I know. We're doing it right now. We're pulling it off in real time. I know. And the nice thing is we're excited because we actually have some special guests on the podcast. We, we uh, do indeed. have some folks from HubSpot with us. You guys want to introduce yourselves? Absolutely. Sarah, you go first. Sure thing. I'm Sarah Posnack. I'm a channel account manager at HubSpot. I'm looking that way. Inbound rock star. Inbound rock star <laughs> is my official title. My parents yep. are very proud about that one. And uh, I work with these amazing partners, One Fire. Hey, thanks. We didn't pay her to say that either, which no, is good. No, thank you yet, for the no. endorsement. Thank Appreciate you for that. It. Yeah. <laughs> Oscar? Uh, I'm Oscar Zamorano. I'm a channel consultant at HubSpot. I work with OneFire. I've worked with them for, I think, two and a half years now. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a yeah, while. You guys were my ahead. first ever partner when I started at HubSpot. So and we decided to keep them, which is good. Yeah, they haven't fired me yet. I'm still going strong. Yeah. So um, tell me this. Uh, you've yes. been at HubSpot for how long? About three years? Three years next week. Sarah, you've been there for a while? Almost seven years. So yeah. one, wow. one of the things we wanted to cover today, and it's a little bit different format because we're live. Um, it's free-flowing. We, yeah, free-flowing. Free we, we basically just want to talk about, and for all of our Facebook Live um, folks as well, if you've got questions, let us know. But I really just kind of want to talk a little bit about personalization and smart content today. So I know that the inbound movement's been something that's been going on for years, 10-plus years, right? And, you know, it starts one way, it starts to evolve over time. And all the time when we're talking with customers, people are asking about, you know, okay, so what's what's next? And believe right. it or not, smart content is something that's been around for quite a while now. But I don't think that it gets the airtime that a lot of people, you know, that, that it probably should to help people. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, and I, I would agree with that. I think that back in the day, it was enough to start a website, blog a couple of times. That was enough to bring the visitors that you needed. So people didn't want to overcomplicate it with personalization and smart content. Nowadays, like any industry I see is getting more and more competitive online. So, Oscar, not to, sorry for interrupting, but Go can ahead. you, uh, just for our listeners who may not be familiar, what are we, what are we talking about when we say smart content? So what, what is that? All right, I'll try to define yeah. it. Uh, smart content is essentially allowing people to go to your website and see different things depending on what type of person they are. So classic example, someone visiting from the U.S. goes to your site, they see everything in dollars. Someone from the U.K. goes to your site, the prices are in pounds. And that can carry over to demographics, geography, how close they are to purchasing your product. Essentially, any type of way you can categorize your visitors, you can make smart content around that. In fact, Sarah and I were just on a call with a potential customer of ours last week, I think, and, and we were talking through smart content and how it could apply and like even with like calls to action and things like that, just really being customizable. And I remember you pulled up your screen as an internal HubSpot employee, like you're required to take certain trainings. You want to talk talk through that? Right. So the example I shared was um, plugging in a random keyword finding a blog post and the call to action at the end of the blog post was tailored to my status as a HubSpot employee wow. prompting me to take a training that I have to take every year. And then I threw the same keyword into an incognito window, no cookies. I was an anonymous visitor in the eyes of the HubSpot software. And same blog post, same article, different call to action that was actually tailored to what the blog article was about. Wow. So it's like these little things. It doesn't have to be a monumental 
um, degree of personalization. It's like these little tweaks that you can make to create a more interactive website experience. And as Jason said, you can um, create an experience throughout the website, whether it's a call to action, a landing page, an email. But the interesting thing about personalization is that it's actually been going on for years and we've all been the recipients of it. If you think about Netflix, Amazon, yeah. you know, oh, classic yeah. examples of creating slightly different website experiences based on having this catalog of user history. And that's actually the kind of experience that us as consumers crave. So yeah. now companies really need to get smart about how to adapt to do that for their users. So if I am a small business owner or a medium-sized business owner, that sounds like something that an enterprise could pull off easily. Where would I start? So, good point. Like Companies have been doing this for years, and I think people see personalization, hear about that. They get scared, and they think that, I mean, this is something Netflix or Amazon can do. Right. Like I can't do As this. As a small right. business, yeah. The cool thing is, it is easy to pull off, and you can start slow. You can start, for example, by showing something different to your customers as opposed to something different to your leads. Customer comes to your website. As long as you have a list of your customers, you can show ways that they can upgrade their current product, for example. Yep. Or but if it's, coupons to come back again. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And a random stranger going to your website, you can pitch just any product. Something as simple as that. Obviously, I'm a little biased, but using HubSpot, you can do that, you know, in a matter of minutes. It's not as hard as people think. Sure. That's great. Perfect example. Inbound. 25,000 yeah. attendees. Um, those are obviously big numbers, but we create really simple blocks of content for, let's say, people that have attended last year and are a partner, yeah. or people that have never attended at all. Awesome. Slightly different pieces of content. And we actually tested uh, recently about 100,000 call-to-action buttons across our customer base, half of which were smart and half of which were sort of the static one-size-fits-all approach. And the ones that were smart had a conversion rate almost two times wow. that of the generic well, it's relevant one. relevant to the person yeah, that's, that's visiting. A, that's that's all that difference. it was. Yeah, big and if difference. you look at, like, you know, change. when Mark and I are looking at the inbound website, we're probably getting a completely different experience than when just a regular HubSpot customer is there or somebody who's not a HubSpot customer comes, right? Yeah, and I think another cool way to think about it, because it can get a little overwhelming to think about how am I going to pull this off effectively and make sure. it productive. Yeah, right. So one piece of that is you do have to have enough content, you have to have enough information, good information about yeah. the people on your site. But the other way to think about it is, you know, prior to smart content, I was always talking to companies about B2B or B2C marketing. How do you identify yourself? Let's go from there. Now it's more about like human to human marketing, because behind every interaction, even if you're at the B2B level, there's a person there. And sure. by virtue of being born, we're all wired differently. Sure. That's the simplest way to think about why personalization is so effective. So it sounds really like cool. an overwhelming task, right? So you have to have all of this content. And I think where the disconnect kind of comes sometimes is that, how do I possibly set up my website to do this, right? And obviously, this is the plug for HubSpot. There's software that can do yeah, it. Is there some kind of platform? <laughs> yeah. I don't is there know. a thing that you guys know about? That <laughs> Marketing this, automation. And, and sh shameless plug about HubSpot and about OneFire. Like, we help companies do this all the time. And using the HubSpot platform, like, it doesn't just make our job easier as an agency at OneFire. But, man, for the customer, is it just stupid simple? Yeah, I would, I would say that there's two ways that you can set up personalization. The first is information that you get when someone visits your site straight away. For example, based on their IP, we can see what geography they're from, what country they're from. You can set up personalization that way. I think the next step is getting information on a CRM or some type of software like HubSpot. So you'll know, for example, going back to the example I said earlier, who is a current customer and who is not. 
Okay. That information might be a little more difficult to get, but most companies already have that. Sure. Right. And classic example, I had a client set up a feedback alert that shows up for existing customers. They go to the website and it says, hey, you're an existing customer. From 1 to 10, how are we doing? Mm-hmm. That in itself is a really simple way that you can personalize the website and get information based on different visitors. Yeah, that's awesome. And so just having a platform that you can kind of plug and play some of that. Now tell me this. If if my customer's already got a website, do they have to rebuild their website to enable smart content? Like does it have to be done on HubSpot's platform or like can it be done with WordPress? Like what's the scoop with, with that? Yeah, so it can absolutely be done on another platform. It does not have to be a website hosted on HubSpot. Uh, the beauty of HubSpot is that the same way you'd install Google Analytics is the way that you'd apply tracking code throughout a given website, whether it's on HubSpot or not. And that's when we actually start to track people coming to your site, regardless of where it's hosted. And once that tracking starts, the software will start to chronologically catalog every single action that individual is taking or telling you about themselves or that we're just pulling through things like IP. Um, And then we start to build almost like a case or a profile on this person as an individual. And then we can start to set up logic to make sure that we can keep that person engaged. And that's really the point of smart content, right? Is to actually have a way to keep people engaged when you've got a sales cycle or process and you can't hit them every time with a real person, nor do they want to be hit with the real person. Right. right? Not a time or place. Yeah. That's a great point. That's pretty awesome. Okay. So let's fast forward here and talk about inbound for a minute. So we're at the inbound conference. This thing is crazy. Um, yeah, it like, is. It's like a huge party, which I know marketing people like to party. So, like, that's that's why it's like a constant club beat. And I can remember on my way home on the plane last year, I was literally like, thank God the club music is over, right? Yeah. <laughs> I do have a little bit of a, a club inbound hangover after I get done. And yeah. I need to just go listen to silence for a while. Yeah. And, uh, but, man, some great recover. speakers here. Um Big product announcements, all kinds of cool stuff uh, out of the conference. And like we said, 25,000 people this year? Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. Crazy. This may be like the only venue in this region that can hold something this size, right? Yeah, I think they were talking about like we have to move to Vegas or something in I've the next heard that couple too. of years because it's getting wow, so really? big. Yes. It's grown. Yeah. And it's grown over how many years now? There's. I mean, since, yeah, it I started. I think I 10 years ago, but like yeah. 10 years ago, it was like in a small venue. I was talking to Jason that this is your third inbound. Yeah, correct. So it's my fourth one, yeah. inbound. Like when we first started coming to inbound, there was 15,000, 12,000 people. And it's wow. just like gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, my that, first inbound was 3,500 people. Wow. wow. From 3,500 so, to 25,000. Yeah. That's crazy. A little that's bit of a difference. Unreal. And actually, we have to cap this off to your point. We can only hold so many people. More yeah. people want to come, so it'll get real interesting the next couple and of it's years. It's a global conference. I mean, there's people here from all over the world. All over. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I used to work with uh, in the LATAM market, and we would have marketing agencies from Latin America come up for this conference. And that was their, their one big trip to come up here. Cool. And it, wow. this conference isn't just about HubSpot. It's just about digital marketing in general. Yeah, right. And as right. that becomes more and more prevalent, as every small business needs a website, yeah. Even like a small grocery store needs a website, some type of digital marketing. It's just going to get bigger and bigger. It shows yeah, you're the right. global embrace of inbound as a concept, as a movement. Absolutely. It's really encouraging to see. Exactly. So let's talk about some of the HubSpot features outside of marketing that have started to come together here, okay? So can't reveal too many secrets. We'll talk about that on uh, next week's podcast. That's but um, 
yeah, Service Hub, a new thing from yep. HubSpot, and this idea of a flywheel. I think most marketers are still looking at their their process as being part of a funnel, right? Absolutely. And we're kind of shifting that model now based on on how consumers are buying today. You want to talk through that a little bit? Yeah, so when I first came into HubSpot, the whole focus was on marketing. Let's make sure marketing agencies know how to collect leads. That's right. the main focus. Right. And then we realized that we need to expand a little bit because getting leads for a client isn't enough. You need to make sure that the client knows how to follow up with those leads, how to close those leads into customers. And I think you guys have embraced the sales aspect of marketing as well, helping clients sure. on yeah, the marketing sales the, the CRM, the marketing and sales handoff. Right. It's marketing. Now I think there's another jump, which is it's not just getting leads, closing leads. It's making sure that once you have a customer, they stay happy so that that customer itself can become a way to bring in more leads because word of mouth just gets more and more important. It's pouring more gas on that delight phase yeah. of, exactly. of kind of the and Certainly word of mouth has kind of accelerated with the internet. I mean, that made that makes things like catch fire. And so if somebody exactly. likes you, a lot of people are going to know all at once. If somebody doesn't like you, the same thing will <laughs> Yeah, apply. exactly. Yeah. So the concept behind the flywheel is once you have a customer, it doesn't end. The right. customer itself can be a vehicle to bring in more leads, more customers, and that's why HubSpot's in, invested in a services platform so you can get feedback, figure out how to support tickets, and we're trying to clump marketing, sales, and services all together because it's all a way to bring in new business. So let me tell you a, a real-life example at One Fire. So we've been using a third-party um, ticketing software, and it's called, I, uh, I won't mention it, but I'll... You know, we're using a third-party ticketing software. Everything else is inside the HubSpot ecosystem for us because it's just easy. It's all built on top of the CRM. It's easy for us to update our content that way, easy for us to manage our sales process that way. I love tool consolidation. I love everything in one place. Everything together just makes it great. And now that you've got a services product, like we're aggressively working to be able to implement that into our process because, again, having the information with the CRM, so when it's time to upsell a customer on something or we go to reach out to them, we know like what's been the history that they've had with us in terms of even the problems that they've needed support, you know, help on. So it's been a pretty a pretty cool thing, I think. Are you seeing other customers with a with a similar thing, Sarah? Yeah, not only that, but it kind of ties nicely into smart content because you can actually use a lot of the personalization oh. features in HubSpot Great and point. that applies to sales and service hub. So it's taking that whole experience and continuing it at the customer level. Um, and I think, you know, the, the conversations that I've had that have been the most interesting are taking, you know, happy marketing customers of ours and talking about scalability, okay. right? They want to add a sales rep. They might not even have a true customer service person, but they know that automating those processes are going sure. to be important if they want to grow. And growth could mean just adding one salesperson or just bringing on more customers, but sure. being able to service them in a way that their retention is, you know, going to be a success. Um, most businesses... You know, it's it's cheaper for them to retain a customer than acquire a new one. Oh, and yeah. a lot of businesses yeah. learn that the hard way because <laughs> right they don't have right the back-end systems to support customer retention, customer happiness, and, and customer loyalty, which we talk a lot about at HubSpot. So I think it's a huge opportunity. And when we talk about, you know, scalability, that's really where my mind goes is now you have this platform where you can pretty much do everything and start to automate and streamline a lot of your processes. For us, even little things like having playbooks that we can give our sales team so sure. that they have scripts and guidelines and kind of are all on the same page based on things that we know historically have worked really well in the past. Yeah, that's, that's great. Really cool. yeah. 
and I guess when you start looking at um, you know conversations as well, like uh, you know the ability to do live website chat, put in some automation, some artificial intelligence, you know all of those different things yeah. becomes really powerful. Not just from a help perspective with services, but man, for sales and marketing too, like that's huge. And we see like these three to five person-owned companies doing the flywheel, and they're. They're producing content and they're producing analytics that look like an enterprise company. Cool. So size does not matter yeah. at all. Having these backend systems, um, you know, can adapt to how you want to grow, yeah. how quickly you want to grow, sure. how quickly you anticipate everything growing, and it's it's very exciting. And I think cool. that it's also awesome that the cost of entry for these tools is next to nothing. Oh yeah, right? fifty, 50 bucks a month, a month is pretty darn cool. Pretty so, and a lot of the tools starting at free too, which is cool. We have a lot of free tools that do a lot of robust things. And yep. then we have a $50 starter tool that's a month-to-month -month subscription. Yep. So there's no level of commitment there, yep. which is great because you get to try out all the tools yeah. before investing in some of the larger products. Yeah. And it comes with most of the tools that a small business is going to need. Sure. And I think the other thing to look at is like tools are one thing, but strategy is another, right? And so, you know, when we're meeting with a customer, we want to look at what are the goals and how do we get you to yeah. the goals with a plan. Um, and oftentimes that plan involves tools because it's cheaper to it's cheaper to roll out tools than to hire people, right? So you know it's a good kind of so. stopgap yeah, for that employment so. piece. Yeah, strategy and organization I think are huge because you can set up all of these tools, but if you don't have an organized process to collect leads, follow up with them, close them, minister your customers, you're essentially just going to have a bunch of tools working without a cohesive strategy in place. So yeah. Yeah. Having someone experienced to manage these tools is definitely a huge benefit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Plug for one fire. You guys do a great job. <laughs> Thanks. So That's we will we won't, plug. Yeah, we won't take any more of your time, guys. But yeah. uh, thank you for taking the time Absolutely. to chat with us. Is yeah, there any, I really appreciate it. Any one takeaway you can give us on smart content and personalization if somebody's looking at getting, uh, you know, getting involved with that? I would say it's so hard nowadays to bring visitors to your website. The amount of competition is crazy. Huge. So when you do get a visitor to your site, you want to maximize the real estate. Sure. And the easiest way to maximize the real estate is by personalizing the experience for every visitor. You want to make sure that the page that a visitor sees is the best page they can see, and personalization is going to help you do that. Well awesome. said. And I would say start thinking smaller broadly, and then you'll get more granular over time. So sometimes it's easy just to think of, these are my prospects, these are my customers. I can identify my customers, so I'm going to create a couple of pathways for them. Okay. Um, I've got a bunch of unknowns. I'm going to create a bunch of content for them, and then I'm going to tweak as I start to uncover more and more data. It's a really good, broad, easy place to start. Awesome. I think well that's done. great advice. Cool. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on Facebook Live, and yeah, our uh, live episode from Boston is wrapped. It's wrapped. It's a wrap. That's awesome. See you later, Facebook. Yeah, talk later, to you guys, guys later. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Grow Up. For more information about the topics discussed in today's show, visit onefire.com slash grow up. This has been a One Fire production.